Now, this week we are in week two, the final week of a brief series on vision, and it's kind of an abnormal series for us. Usually our series, or our sermons are very, very much, uh, you know, we, we take the Bible, we, we preach straight from the Bible, we go from there. Um, in this, it's more looking at our church as a whole and our overall direction. So if you're brand new today, welcome, so glad you're here, and also please come back next week, because next week will be a little bit more of what you'd normally expect uh, from a sermon, uh, where we're going to be diving into the book of Job. Uh, Job is a great book if you've ever gone through hardship or loss. Job is a close companion. Job is a guy who had it all at levels that none of us have had it all before. And then he lost it all at levels that none of us have lost it all before. And eventually, after some very challenging times, God restored him and, and moved in, in powerful ways. So I just invite you to join us. In fact, the Bible reading plan is in your uh, bulletins this morning um, or in the weekly. I invite you to uh, take that and to join in with us as we read together. Um, now, we're jumping into the sermon early today. I know that's a little abnormal for us, but that's what we're doing uh, during this series. Uh, and uh, so, uh, so if you're just walking in and like, why is he up there already? That's why. Uh, it's okay. No worries. You're like, the service started at 9? No, nope, it's not. It's me, not you. Uh, so last weekend, we talked about who we are as a church. And if you missed the message, please check it out online because these messages kind of need to go hand in hand, okay? So please check that out. I'll, I'll do a little summarizing, but I want you to hear the full thing um, there. So I encourage you to do that. And uh, last weekend, we started giving out uh, these T-shirts for free. We, you took so many of them that we ran out. Way to go, church. You're awesome. Exceeding our expectations, as always. Don't worry. We've reloaded. So if you didn't get a shirt last week, head out to the Connection Center after church. We've got more of them. Um, they're free now. Eventually, we'll sell them. We've also got some other merch out there you can pick up. Uh, so we invite you to do that. Um, Last weekend, we talked about who we are, and we discussed three words that describe this. Three words and then one phrase. And uh, the three words were, were called to be growing, we're called to be a strong church family, and we are a place that is spirit-filled, okay? And, and I unpacked those in depth last week. We talked about our rich 200-year 200 200-year history as a church of serving Jesus right here in Anderson Township. We've been doing that from our earliest, uh, about the first hundred years as a very small church, um, then to a church that was, was growing and reaching young families at a rapid rate. Well, we moved into the powerhouse down the street by uh, Arby's, where Arby's is nowadays. We were growing so radically, in fact, that we didn't stay there for long. Uh, some very visionary folks purchased this land, and we moved here. Uh, and I'm so thankful for the vision that God gave them. Uh, we began to grow and to grow and to grow. Um, we went through times that were incredible. We went through times that were challenging. Uh, we even at times would recalibrate our focus, uh, and God would use that and would bless it in so many different ways. You know, as we think of this year and next year in the life of our church, if we could back up and think of the big picture, um, the image that comes to my mind is the, the annual rings on a tree trunk. You know what I mean? When trees grow, uh, each year they add a ring. And that ring kind of tells you the history book of what was happening in the tree at that time. Uh, some of the rings are really small, and that often indicates that there was a drought or a limited growth season. Sometimes you see some trauma, like some fire damage or something like that that the tree lived through. 
But other times you see rings that are, are large and wide. And in these times, the tree was getting great nourishment. It was growing rapidly. The growing season was long. And I believe that if we could step forward 50 years and be looking back to this season, I believe that this is a large ring season for Anderson Hills. I believe that God is doing great things, and God is going to do even greater things as we faithfully follow Him here. I believe the decisions of the next couple of years are going to shape this church in many positive ways long term, and I'm just so excited to get to be here with you and to get to be here for this great season in the life of our church. You know, I've been one of your pastors for about three years now, and I was blessed when I came on following Pastor Mark Rowland, who had done such an excellent job for 18 years. We got to have about three months of overlap with each other, and during that time, we visited a whole bunch of small groups and Bible studies, and, and we met with many, many of you, um, and I kind of surveyed you, and I asked you for, uh, to answer a few specific questions, and I shared that data with our council at the time, but I never really worked it into a sermon, um, and I wanted to just share it with you just to kind of show kind of how we've gotten to where we are. Um, some of it's kind of fun to remember for me anyway. Uh, one of the questions I asked you was, if you were me, what would you not do in the first six months? Like, where's the bear traps, basically, right? And it was fun because you gave me a whole variety of answers, right? And uh, the very first thing that you said that you would not do is you would not make major changes too soon. That's wise, right? Wise leaders don't come into a healthy organization blow it all up, right? Then the second thing you said that you would not avoid making major changes. <laughs> so what is it? No, seriously, this was, these two together were excellent advice. And it really, I think it told me, for me, it told me so much about who the church is. Like, don't come in and be stupid, right? You know, don't blow it all up on day one, but don't come in and be comfortable. Don't come in and get cozy and just think, we're just going to pass time because we got plenty of people here, and we got a nice building, and we got blah, 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 blah. We'll be fine. That's not who we are. And you told me that right off the bat. And let me tell you, I believe you, and I have seen it more and more and more in my time here, that this is who we are as a church. We're not interested in sitting and passing time. We believe very much in our mission. We believe very much in what God is doing here, and that it, we are a church that's moving forward. And then and each of these, by the way, on these lists, they are statistically just the top three that you gave me. I'm not making anything up here, I promise, okay? Number three, number three thing you told me was do not wear sweater vests. <laughs> now, if you're new, you're like, that's oddly specific. Well, my predecessor is like the king of the sweater vest club, right? I mean, just Mark wears sweater vests in better, better than anybody I know, right? And, you know, there was one Sunday that I tried it. I didn't heed your advice, but it didn't work out so well. <laughs> but seriously, what you were saying is just be yourself. And I mean that. I appreciate that. You have always given me the freedom just to be me, which is great because that's the only person I can be. And I'm just so thankful for that. So what would you do in the first six months if you were me? First thing, build relationship and listen. Makes sense. Great advice, right? Second thing you said, focus on children and teens. This was, so this was really the central focus you established. Basically, once you get your feet on the ground, this is where your focus needs to be. So if you heard last week's message, you understand that this is really coming not just from me. It's coming from us as a church. 
Number three, focus on vision and strategy before making decisions. And that's kind of what we're doing now. Next, what excites you most about Anderson Hill's future? Number one, our outreach and mission. In other words, reaching new people for Jesus and continuing to support great missions. That was the thing I heard over and over and over more than anything. We don't want to just be comfortable with the church we have here today. We're called to be bigger than this. This is what we do, right? Outreach and mission are central to us. Second thing excites you is new vision, right? Time is always an exciting thing in the life of a church. And third, you're excited by the fact that we have strong momentum to move forward. And this is really important. You see, a lot of times churches with strong momentum just kind of want to keep things the way they are because we get into protection mode. We're like, hey, things are good. Let's not change anything because then things might not be good, right? And we might screw it up. Well, the problem is when you go into that, you then lose the great momentum and vision and, and the things that were compelling that you had before because instead of, of going after it, you become cozy and just try to protect it. That's not who we are. That's not who we are as a congregation. No, we are a church that says when we're in a place of strength, that's when we want to innovate to, for God to take us to the next level because God has given us the strength to do that. And finally, what concerns you most about Anderson Hill's future? And number one, I'll read in a moment, number one was more than number two and three combined. This was by far the biggest thing you said to me. The number one concern was reaching young people because we are an aging congregation. Now, everybody's aging in here, right? Including me. That's normal. That's not a knock on us, right? It's just a fact. Time goes on, we get older. And there's always this challenge for every church in America as to how do we reach new young families? How do we remain relevant so that we're not just a church that feels good to us, but a church that feels like, yeah, this could be my home for families as well. Number two thing you mentioned, and this is really time-oriented then, was recovery from the COVID attendance drop. At that time, we didn't have near as many people in person. That was very early in, in my time here. Thanks be to God that's, that we've come a long ways there, always seeking to grow. And then the number three thing you mentioned, number three concern, uh, was denominational challenges. Um, as you know, we had addressed that last year. Um, we were part of the United Methodist Church, and now we are an independent church, part of the Foundry Network. And so we, that one had to be moved last year because of timeliness. So now we're on to the one that I think is the most exciting by far, as to how do we be more effective at, at reaching families with children and teens. And I shared all that with you because I wanted you to know the background, that this is not something that, like, I had some brilliant moment one day. This is us together because I strongly believe that's how vision works, that God doesn't just give vision to one person. God gives vision to the church, and it's my job to, to help understand that as we discern together and to help lead that and to help direct us. Today we're going to focus more on what we do, but hear me clearly, this is not like a, a five-year plan with 25 action steps, right? There's some action in this, but the fact is we set direction, and then we together as leaders, we grow into this, okay? So I don't want to present this as like some like finished, perfected plan. These are like initial steps we take to make, get more traction in these areas as we move forward. Last week, I gave you a sentence that summarizes it all. 
And I want, let's read this together here. This is the sentence. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be a rooted community church who excels in reaching families with children and teens. That's our focus. Again, if you missed last week, please watch because I, I break it down in a lot more detail. Uh, but that's who we are called to be. Now, what's new or different? Because you might say, okay, well, we have a children's and teens ministry already. What's really different? And I point out that there's things we could do better, right? Like last week, I used the example of our, our playground outside that, that has like five signs on it that says your kids aren't allowed to play on it. It's saying, maybe we could, you know, we could improve that, right? Well, I love our volunteers and staff because I just mentioned that as an illustration. And like by, I think, Monday or Tuesday, they already had that fixed. So way to go, team. They're awesome. I'm thankful for them. That wasn't the only point of the sermon, though, okay? <laughs> like, oh, great, vision's done. What do we move on to next? No, that's one little thing, right? But I'm thankful that, that we can address that. Um, when we were talking about reaching more families with children and teens, there's no single silver bullet that fixes everything, okay? Instead, it's a series of things. It's a variety of things that we must do with excellence in order to be effective at living out this vision, so I want to just give you four areas we can step up in, uh, just give you four of these today. Again, it's not exhaustive, but these are ones to get us started. Number one, we step up the prayer. We're going to be, we'll, we'll roll out kind of a prayer initiative around all of this. We are a praying church, okay? Not like we do prayer sometimes because we, for a church, we probably should. No, that's our identity, because, you see, we understand, church, that, that prayer is not the last resort when we get desperate. No, it's the first response. It's the first response when we see opportunity to follow God. Because we know that it's not our strength, it's God's strength. That's why that statement starts off, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't start off by saying, because we're smart, good people. No, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. And so if this is going to be effective, it's only going to be effective through prayer. It's going to, only going to be effective through the power of God. It's not going to be effective because I talked about it or thought about it or whatever. It's God's power, not ours. So it all starts there. And if you're, if you're at home watching and you're like, I can't, I can't get out of my house anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm a senior. I, I, I can't make it to church. What, what does this have to do with me? Well, don't say, well, I guess all I can do is pray. No. The number one thing anyone can do is pray. Anyone. If that's all you can do, praise Jesus, that is incredible. That is incredible, and we never minimize that. If there is any fruit from any of this, we will say, thank you, God, for answering our prayers. Hands down. There's nothing more important. The second thing. A second thing is that I want us to step up our welcome, step up our welcome. We're, we're not bad at this, so we're not terrible at any of these things, but they're opportunities for growth. When folks come to a church, the way that they are welcomed says so much. And we've got, as a whole, a very friendly church. But there's a couple, a couple things here. I want to talk about greeters because, honestly, I think we could, we could use some more. Um, we could expand this significantly, and we're going to do that this year. Um, in COVID, we kind of shrunk that down, and, and it's time to grow that back up. 
And in, in just a moment, I'm actually going to train you all as greeters. So this is very tangible today, right? Like, this is, I hope that you brought your notebook out, okay? Because it's very complicated. But, but because why? It's not just for the people at the front door. That's great. Appreciate them. Need them. Love to have you be part of them. But it's for all of us. Because all of us have probably come into a place in time where we see, uh, we see everybody talking to each other. And they're all friends and friendly, but nobody's really talked to me much. That doesn't feel good, does it? So this is a job for all of us. So here is how we do greeting at Anderson Hills. Let's check this out. I'm so thankful for all of our greeters at Anderson Hills. You do an amazing job of welcoming people to this church. Your job is so important because you are the first people that folks see when they walk in the door and help them feel welcome here. So we put together a little video to help us be uh, maybe even a little better at greeting people. In fact, even to avoid some mistakes in greeting. Welcome to Anderson Hills. Oh my gosh, how far along are you? Rushing touchdown, passing touchdown. Oh, they were favored by 10 points. Right, right. right. Super Bowl. Right, right. Super Bowl. Good morning. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. welcome hey. to Anderson Hills. Are you new here? I'm the pastor. at Anderson Hills, it's hard to tell who's new every week. Here's a better way of doing it. Good morning. Welcome to Anderson Hills. Morning. 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 Good morning. I don't think I've met you. My name's Amy. Short, simple, and to the point. That's all it takes. Just welcome them and introduce yourself. God can use you to help someone feel so welcome here at Anderson Hills. In fact, if you would like to sign up to be one of our greeters, just email greeter at andersonhills.org or see one of our staff members. We would love to get you connected. Thanks for all you do to welcome people here at Anderson Hills. We can do that, right? We can do that. Seriously, some of y'all need to get out your phone right now and send an email. That email address is not sarcastic, despite the fact of a high level of sarcasm found throughout the video. But we, we need your help. And uh, we invite you to join our greeter team. We'll get you a little more extensive training than that. It's a little bit. But um, to help you to be prepared to do that. It's so important. Um, we're going to be looking also at what are ways. We'll probably introduce a program this year that will help new folks be able to make friends here uh, and find connections. Uh, maybe a little bit easier than a life group. Maybe kind of a half step before that. Um, Pastor Jonathan's working on some of that stuff. Um, just so excited about it. I think it's going to make a really great impact. The third thing is that we're going to step up our discipleship. We'll step up our discipleship. What are, what are ways, as we focus our classes and all these things, how can we be more and more relevant to families with kids and teens? Um, we are really strong in this area in many ways, but I'm sure that we can continue to get better. Um, for example, our, um, we're just going to be talking on our Friday video in a couple weeks about a new thing for guys called Spiritual Fathers that's going to be rolling out. Um, that's just one of the many things uh, that we'll be working on. 
And fourth, um, I believe that we're called to step up our facility, step up our facility. Now, we have an amazing gift here in this building. It really is an awesome place. And let me tell you, I get to meet every month with the facilities and properties team, and these folks are hands down the most diligent property team I've ever worked with. They are amazing. They think of everything. They have cared so well for this place. But I think that it's time for some freshening up. It's time to kind of look at this through the lens of, of, uh, of family with kids and say, how can we improve it? For example, our children's wing, we haven't done a major remodel there in like 15 years. So it's time. It's, it's due. We're ready to do that. Um, also, we're blessed with this amazing uh, location here on Beachmont. 40,000 people a day drive by us, right? And when they see the front of our building, they see a beautiful traditional church, which is part of who we are a very central part of who we are, but it's not all that we are. You know this because you're in here right now, right? We're in person. We're about 65% uh, in, in uh, the worship center, 35% in traditional. So both very, very strong. A lot of churches with two styles, it's like 90-10, right? So we're, we're very viable in both, but we, want, we need for the front of our, billet, our building to say this is a traditional church that also is a modern church, that is a place where your kids are welcome and are going to love this place. I told you at the annual business meeting last fall that we, um, we contracted a designer. They're the ones who have done our logo. And we've asked them also to take a look at the facility and what could we do, what could we do to improve this, to help us to be more and more effective at reaching families with kids and teens. So we're, we're beginning that work. Um, that's going to uh, it's going to take some time this year. Um, just to put a couple things, uh, put your mind at ease on a couple things. We're not going to go into a, a debt. We're not going to take out a mortgage. I mean, because we don't have a mortgage and we don't need a mortgage. <laughs> Life is good without one because we can do so much more ministry. Also, our traditional sanctuary going to stay just the way it is because it's beautiful. We've already renovated it, um, but we're going to look at how could we look at the facility to freshen up, to recalibrate, and uh, refocus on that. And, and I think that there's a lot of great potential in that. Uh, I'm reminded of, uh, uh, there's a guy at our church whose name is Dick Beer. Dick has been um, one of our key facilities people for a long time in his life. Um, he's, now, um, he's now in his 90s, and he can't, he can't physically make it to church anymore. But when, when folks were dreaming in the early 2000s about this service... Uh, Dick was one of the thought leaders on that, and, and I don't know if Dick has ever attended a service in here. If so, it's not many, um, because it's not his thing. His thing was the 830 traditional service. I'd see him every Sunday there um, when his health was better, and Dick uh, said famously, when we were looking to start this service, he said, I don't have to like contemporary music, because I don't. <laughs> he said, but what I do have to do is I have to pray for it and I have to pay for it because I want this place to be relevant to my kids and my grandkids and their grandkids. That's the heart of this church, friends. That as we look at this church, that we don't just say, how can this be a place for us today to feel good? No, it's how can this church reach the next generation of Jesus followers? I told you last week, this is so essential, and it's not, it's not just like for our own viability or whatever. It's because 80% of people who choose to follow Jesus do so by the time they're 18 years old. 
So we can't afford to mess around. We can't afford to miss that window of opportunity for, for our young people in our community. We, we simply can't. That is not faithful. And in the life of every church, there's, there's times where you look at yourself and you say, okay, who do we want to be? And churches in our position oftentimes make a mistake of getting kind of inward focused. Because we can say, hey, look, we got, we got plenty of people around. We're, we're viable. We can pay the bills. We got a nice facility. It fits us well. We don't really need to challenge ourselves, or we don't really need to make a lot of change because we're good. We, we just, we like it here, right? And that's not... That's not what we're called to be. That, that kind of mindset is, um, it's kind of like the mindset of a cruise ship. Anybody gone on a cruise before? Yeah? They're wonderful, right? They're fun. Like, there's food everywhere all the time. That's awesome. There's activities. You can just hang out. You can, whatever it is you want. And if you're on a cruise, and let's say you see where somebody spilled like a drink on the floor, right? Nobody on a cruise says, hey, where's the mop bucket? I'll help. No. Say, somebody should fix that, right? Like, that's why I paid to be here, so somebody else can fix it. I can mop stuff at home. I'm on a cruise now. I don't need to do that, right? Nobody says, hey, can I go in the quick kitchen and help cook? No, no, of course not. Everybody's going to cook for me. I'm on vacation. This is awesome, right? And that is great when you're on vacation. Love it. Go all in with that. But that is not church. That is not church at all. And I'm not saying that that's what our church is. I'm saying that is not what our church will ever be. Because a church doesn't stick around for 200 years with that kind of mindset. A church is more like a different kind of boat. And some of you have been on this other kind of boat. The other boat I'm talking about is a battleship. And a battleship is very different than a cruise ship. If you're on a battleship, you are all in for that mission. Every single person matters. Every person matters because our mission is so critical to win this battle so that we can win this war, so that we can be successful. Everything is so central. We are all in, right? We're, we're not just kind of like, hey, I'll take a tour of the world with the U.S. Navy. Like, no, we're, we're in it to win it because this is what we're called to do. And friends, we know that we're in a world right now where the mission is so critical for, for children and teens. It's never easy to be a teenager or a child, but it's sure not easy today. There, there, there is so much need for God's Word. God's Word is so relevant to our lives, and I strongly believe that God's Word is the hope of the world. It's not me, it's God's word. And we have the opportunity, we have the responsibility right here in Anderson Township to proclaim God's word each and every weekend and to do it better and better and better. And as we look at, at, at the community around us, there are so many families with kids and with teens and they need to know the love of Jesus. They need to have us being faithful. They need to have us being battleship focused uh, because we've got a real enemy out there. His name is Satan and he's not messing around. And so thus, neither are we. We're not here just to take a cruise. We're not here just to have a place that's nice for us. We're just not here just to not be too challenged and just enjoy life every Sunday. No, we're on mission. We're on mission. Jesus has given us the Great Commission. He's called us to take the good news into all the world beginning right here. And so that's what we do. I could not be more excited or more passionate about that. And we are, we are equipped by God to do that. And yet God's going to take us to new places, to new levels of this. 
I gave you a verse last week that I want for us to read together. It's from Psalm 145, and it said this. Let's read it aloud. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. That's what we do, friends. We proclaim God's power. We tell of God's faithfulness. We look at everything in our church and say, how can it do it better? How can it be more and more effective? Because God has given us this call. God has given us this opportunity. And so we will step forward in faithfulness. God, let it be so. Let us be the kind of church who knows that that we are on mission with you that we are empowered by your Holy Spirit, that we are called to be faithful to reach the next generation because, God, we just, we love our kids. We love our grandkids. We love our great-grandkids. And, Lord, as we look to the future, we know that your word, that your church is so central, God. And, Lord, there's so many things we could wring our hands about in the world today and we could complain about or whatnot. But, God, we don't want to be there. We want to be seeking you. We want to be faithful to your call. We want to be faithful to hear your voice and to act. And, God, I just pray that you would use us. I pray that you would use us in even greater ways. I am so thankful for the faithfulness of this church over generations. I'm thankful for the generations who have gone on before us, who have done this so faithfully so that we can be here today. And, God, would you use us to do the same work? God, when people look back decades and generations from now, would they find us faithful to your call? Would they find us to be courageous leaders who weren't afraid to step forward? Would they find us to be people who sought you first? And would they find us to be people who were blessed by your response so much in such great ways that they would know that it wasn't of us, but it was all about you? Jesus, you are so good. We love you, God, and we pray this in your name. Amen.